Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroixie, and debuting on the show, I've got actor Nathaniel Gray. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You were so shocked. You're like, me? I do yeah. want to interview you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a... It's it's uh, I'm, To me, I'm amazed that anybody pays attention to my character at all, but I'm very... Uh, very humbled. Thank you so much for wanting me on the show. All right. All right. So let's get to know this, Nathaniel Gray. In case our listeners want to know you, you've been in the business for 30 years. Do you want to give us the backstory of how it started? Uh, sure. Um, I was a martial artist uh, most of my life. Like, I mean, all through elementary school, that's all I ever did. I, I went to class. I would leave elementary school and I would be uh, taking kickboxing till like midnight, you know, five days a week. And uh, I saw this movie called Three Ninjas. And uh, I was like, I, if they can be on TV, I can be on TV. I can do more than they can. Cause that's all I did. That was, that was my life. So I was like, I want to try being on a television. And my parents, they were the type of people that if you wanted something, you had to want it long enough. So they took me down to LA and I auditioned. It was like, it was like a room of like 50 of us. And uh, they picked one girl and one boy, me and this one girl, uh, the rest of them they sent home. And I got signed to uh, Bob Feldman's agency, new talent or manager, which is Corey Feldman's dad. And um, they put me in the business. And uh, within my first 25 auditions, I booked my first national commercial and I was off and running. So that's how it started. And wow. then I never wanted to do, yeah, I never wanted to do martial arts movies though. It's so funny. I wanted to get into the business for that. And then the moment I was doing it i was like no i wanted to do things like the deer hunter when i got older <laughs> so talk about this walking away coming back walking away coming back what uh, how does yeah. that feel like oh makes me feel like i'm relatively not very intelligent um <laughs> uh we'll put it like this okay in my acting class when i was a kid it was me thomasine nicholas joseph gordon levitt karen noah smith um david lago from um the young and the restless uh we all grew up together and uh, did a lot of work growing up, like Martin Starr, who's doing a lot of independent things. He came from our acting class, and uh, we went to a place called Center Stage LA, and our teacher's name was Kevin McDermott, and he taught us what acting really was. And uh, I, my, my best friend says I have Mickey Rourke syndrome where I'm, I'm only concerned with doing a good job, but I don't know, I guess when I was younger, how to play the game of the business of acting. I wasn't mature enough for it as a kid. So I would just go to callbacks and, you know, I was almost pacey on Dawson's Creek. You know, uh, it was me and Andrew Keegan and Joshua Jackson that were at the final call for that. I was just wrong for that role. You know, I was wrong for it. I was, I'm not Midwest. And uh, things like that going on and on, you start realizing that it's got less to do with you and more to do with business. And I just, I lost interest. But then people that had seen what I could do and had worked with me as they got older, they started making productions and they're like, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. Because I look the way I look and I sound the way I sound, I've become like a professional professional bad guy so that's what i play and people keep being, they keep being nice enough to keep uh giving me jobs and i no matter how many times i've quit they just keep bringing me back and now i'm on general hospital 
Mm-hmm. Do you think it's meant to be for you to act? No matter how many times you walk away, keep coming back. Do you think the universe is sending you a sign? I have to act. I think so. Maybe I mean, there's some directors that say that's what I'm supposed to do. They're like, that's I keep trying to do other things. And they're like, no, this is what you're supposed to do. And I really am just humbled that people like what I do and keep giving me a chance. So I'm actually trying this time. I've usually treated acting as like a hobby. You know, I don't put any pressure on myself. I just have fun with it. Try to do the best I can to entertain the crew, the director and the audience. You know, I just, I, I don't really worry about me. So I'm not a social media person or anything like that. I just try to do a good job as best I can. So what if people really love you? What did they say? I really love your character on GH, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So far, so far people have, as even if, even if they hate my character, they love my performance. I've, I've heard, I've been reached out to by a lot of people uh, that are very happy that I'm on the show and they hope I don't die. And I'm just waiting every day. Like, are they going to kill me today? And I get my new script. I'm like, Oh, not dead yet. So <laughs> I, I, I'm very, I, I, you, you really don't understand. Like I'm very, very, very humbled by the amount of love that I've gotten. And the fact that Frank and uh, the writers have, kept me around as long as they have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now talk about how did GH, listeners, if you don't know, he's on General Hospital. Talk about how that came into play when you auditioned for it. Okay, uh, this is this is funny. I There's an app called Clubhouse and um, I do impressions and uh, voiceover sometimes. And I was doing a read of, I was playing Gollum in uh, The Hobbit. For this group of people and uh this lady wanted to sign me and be my manager and i signed with her and the next day i auditioned for law and order and they quoted a certain number i went to new york i did an episode of law and order because i booked it and my paycheck was not what i was promised so i cut ties with that manager a week later my buddy's reading for yellowstone and i helped him with the audition and i read with him and his manager heard my voice and was like who's that and she saw my demo reel and uh they signed me and two days later i auditioned for general hospital but the character was like 52 years old i was like i am not gonna book this this is <laughs> like there's no way <laughs> right it was uh but i said okay and they were like just read for it I said, all right, I did, I did a take, one take, I, I submitted it and they booked me and, but they changed the character completely. It was like a completely different scene than I had auditioned for. And, um, it was, a, it freaked me out. I was like, wow, I'm on a soap. Okay. So I go to set and I have no idea how soap acting works. So I get there. I'm used to film acting. So you just do the whole scene. They keep having to tell me on set. Okay, Nathan, stop. When we, you know when it breaks, that's the commercial break. So just stop right there. And then we wait five seconds and then we say cut. And then we go to the next thing. I said, oh, my bad. <laughs> so after three takes of making that mistake, um, I, I, I figured out the timing of soap acting and met Roger. Uh, and he was, he was, he's a real gem. He's a sweetheart. Then I was, I was hired for three episodes. And then on episode four, Frank came down and was like, uh, I like the beat you took with that bag of Fritos. I wrote that. I want to keep you around. I just don't know what I'm going to do with you. And he just walked away. And I was like, okay. And now I've been there a year. So I'm like, I still don't know what's going on. But that was, uh, that was, that's really how it happened. It was just kind of uh, like a shock that A, I got hired to play something that was not what I anticipated it to be. And they just keep me around and they like what I do with it. It's like they added the lollipop thing, I think, because the writers are fans of Kojak. 
So now I continually have a lollipop in my mouth. Wow, wow, wow. And you are a bad boy. Some ladies love that bad boy. And you have the sexy voice too. What do you call it? So are people ever tell you about your voice that it's very sexy? Yeah, no, I, I hear that a lot. I get, uh, I've been getting a lot of messages on Instagram and uh, on like the soap boards that people hate my character, but they, they think I'm, they think I'm hot. I was like, oh, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate that. I will always take the flattery. The best ever, though, I'm not going to lie, was this. I went to Home Depot and there was a woman there that recognized me. And she makes everybody on the uh, like at G like watch GH. And she was so excited to see me. I was just like, really? Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Uh, it was it was really it was really very sweet. And um, I, I I was at a bar one time, and this other woman recognized me and invited me to her birthday party. I was just like, wow, those fans are hardcore. Like, I know it's... we know our people, and I watch General Hospital, and we know our people. So if I bumped into you, I'd be like. Oh my God, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. Yeah. And, and I would just, I would just bow my head and be like, thank you so much. You know, um, I think, you know, seriously, like some of the fans are really hardcore, you know, like real, really, really hardcore. And some of them just like some most loving and sweet people. And um, it's, it's, it's fun to interact with them. You know, uh, I, 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 I go on the soapboard sometimes and talk to some of the people that make comments and they think it's uh it's really fun and i like interacting with them and laughing at some of the crazy things they say mm. you know the the theories like the boss who's the boss it's the funniest thing the, the things that people come up with but i will tell you this you guys are going to find out real soon mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now is there anything you want more done with your character that frank hasn't explored yet do you think there'll be what do you call it a real real big storyline that what do you call it may end your character you don't know but is there anything you want frank to do more with your character i i i i, I think the writers in frank have a giant ship to steer. I mean, there's so many characters on GH and so many things that they have to do. I love everything they've done for me so far and I trust them. Um, if I was to be able to make one wish, if I'm going to die, I want to go out well and memorable. And if they choose to keep me around, you know, uh, just give me more, um, more backstory, uh, more for the audience to be able to know. They're still fleshing that out, you know, like this, our story has finally come more to the forefront. So uh, getting into, you know, Austin's character, where Roger's from and um, developing his new character, because I'm really there to support Roger. Uh, and I do my best to help with that. If they give me something to do that I would say brings more flavor and understanding to why Mason is the way he is, that would be great. But I am I am happy that they just with everything they give me, you know, I, I would just like um, we'll put it like this. There are some scenes that I'm about to shoot that you guys will see soon enough, and they're already giving me a lot more to do. All right. All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm very happy. And it's been my favorite set of anything I've ever worked on. Okay. Do you think Mason, his character listeners, by the way, do you think Mason could bring Sonny Corinthos down? I don't think anybody can bring Sonny Corinthos down. Sonny is General Hospital. Me and Maurice were laughing about that. When uh, we finally met each other, he's like, so you're Mason. I only said your name like 30 times today. I said, yeah, apparently I'm after you. 
that escalated quickly. Well, we all know how that ends. And then me and him just started laughing. Maurice is great. He's a, he's a great guy. He's really, really, really cool. We'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens because I've now learned more about my character from Frank and the direction they're going. And uh, I tried to steer the character a certain way on how I wanted to play it and the writers um, they took to it. So if you look at the evolution of my character, um, you'll see I started a very heavy-handed thug and have become more nuanced as we have gone on. And I believe that that will continue until either they figure out they want to keep me or they kill me. Either way, I promise you it's been a great ride. Okay. All right. Now, the movies you've been working on, talk about that because you do write as well and you do yeah. a lot of things. Do you want to talk yeah. about that? Um, I could talk about certain things. Um, sure. I've ghost written. I've ghostwritten for a few projects, so I can't really talk about those because of NDAs. I script doctor for certain people, uh, dialogue. But I have um, a couple films that I have in development right now that the money people have liked that we will be filming soon um, in Atlanta and in Canada. One is a detective movie that I wrote with a supernatural bend called, uh, well, currently the working title. I'm going to change it at some point or let the director change it. But it's called uh, The Case of Len LeBue. It's uh, a voodoo themed thing. Um, but I wanted, I made something I wanted to sit next to Angel Heart on somebody's film collection. And uh, another movie I have right now in talks with these people that I wrote is called The Hired Gun. And I'm in talks with some people in Korea about making that a Korean film because I think they make great action movies. But as far as things I'm starring in, um, we have a TV show called Ava that I'm going to be in. And uh, I reinvented The Werewolf. And I'm doing a show called Blood Moon that I created. Ooh. Ooh, so you really like the dark side, don't you, brother? Uh, I like fantasy and uh, science fiction and heavy drama. Yeah, I don't write comedies. Okay. <laughs> so you're not in write... comedies? You wouldn't be on a sitcom? Uh, I don't think I fit a sitcom. I mean, what sitcom would have this voice, you know? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess, I guess, I guess. I mean, I would do it if it was there. I am going to be doing a single camera comedy in Canada coming up that takes place. It's about a sorority house, so it's the girls are the main stars. But um, I play one of the characters at the school uh, that's... Like, a, I, I can't give away any more than that, but um, we'll be doing that within the next month or so. And it is the comedy, but uh, my character is a very straight. Um, think of it like, you know, if there's Dean Martin and then, you know, Jerry Lewis, I would be more of a Dean Martin, very the the, the straight man. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you can definitely play the teacher, though. I could see you playing a teacher and I yeah. see those students having a crush on you. <laughs> Uh, uh, that or I'm going to scare the hell out of them. I could be like a crazy history teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but do you ever get annoyed? Encourage, you know, other upcoming actors because they might get annoyed playing the same roles like the jock or like the criminal constantly. You're not uh, bothered by that. What's your encouragement to other upcoming actors where they're tired of the same roles? Well, the thing is, what I'd have to tell them is they need to look at the history of films. If you think about it, let's look at uh, 
Brad Pitt, Will Smith, and Jude Law, right? Mm -hmm. All of them, Jude Law was a beautiful person, you know, when he was younger. And he is a very talented actor. And when Jude Law started getting attention in America, he decided to be a thespian too soon and did Road to Perdition and things of like this. And his career kind of pittered out. Um, but you look at Brad Pitt, um, another great actor. Brad Pitt was discovered finally from Thelma Louise. And he played the same thing over and over and over until the audience gets sick of it. Then he did 12 Monkeys in Fight Club at 7, and now there's your career. So, uh, Will Smith did the same thing. You know, he did Will Smith doing comedy, comedy, comedy all the way through Independence Day. And then finally, when people got tired of that, you know, pursuit of happiness, I would say to all actors, if you can find a niche, that's good. Because if they keep hiring you for the same thing, then that means you've nailed that performance and you can build on that. But once you get some love, and you keep getting hired, you can get a name for yourself playing that typecast role. Once they get tired of it, you still have the name value. They will, you will get offers for things that are different. And I would say that the best thing to do is to then branch out and show what else you could do. And if you do that well, well, you can look at everybody's career, everybody that did that, they're still working. So it's actually a good thing to get typecast because that's how you keep working. You know, it's um, don't be a jack of all trades, find what you are and go with it. You know, some people are action people. Some people are drama. Some people are the best friend. Some people are the jock or people like me. I'm a professional bad guy. It's okay. You know, um, every day on set's a good day. And we are very blessed to have the job that we have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's nothing wrong with it in case no. listeners and people still think, well, I'm playing the same guy constantly. I want something different in my career. You can push for that. And when the opportunity comes, it comes. But don't shy away from what you're good at. You know, don't do it. And if you look at other people's careers, you'll see it. I mean, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Jack Nichols. Uh, Meryl Streep, look at all of them. They've built careers on similar performances for very long periods of time until they seriously took off. Denzel Washington, same thing. You know, um, I mean, Matthew McConaughey is a great example. He was the rom-com guy forever and then finally changed it. And now he doesn't do rom-coms and he's taken off. So you see, there's something good in playing the same role. You know, it's, it's how to get in the door, really it is. All right. Um, and I would I would advise anybody from my my own opinion and what I've witnessed of my friends going through this business that would be if you can catch lightning in any way shape or form playing something and they keep hiring you to do it that means you're needed and that's good actors are just spokes on a wheel our part is to help convey the story that the director is showing us and the writer wrote you know but if you can nail that one voice and that one type of character you are helping move the machine and uh that's a good thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. now what do you want to tell other actors and actresses in the midst of almost 106 or five days of a hollywood strike writers and actors of course daytime is different from the actors that are on strike they have a different contract so what do right. you want to tell what do you call the actors and the writers that are currently on strike right now keep the faith we'll entertainment is needed we're not going anywhere. we've been telling stories since cave paintings it's it's the necessity as water and food all right so it's been 60 years since the actors and the writers you know struck together and i'm sure we will come to an arrangement uh, it's just business and it's complicated but i do know that um, we will find some sort of happy medium and we will all get back so just 
maintain, have faith. And um, if you want to work, you know, there's other avenues, you know, to to do and um, just hold tight, you know, because we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And we're all in this together. Yeah. That's a song, by the way, it listeners. <laughs> all right. And what do you want to tell the general hospital fans that love you, that love your character? And they're amazed that this show continues to win daytime Emmys 2019, 20, 21, and 22, the number one soap opera. What do you want to tell the fans that love general hospital? But all. Keep watching. We all love you very much. And if it wasn't for you guys watching, we wouldn't be on the air. You know, we've been here for 60 years. It's a long time, you know, and uh, it's um, it's a it's a show that really is for the fans. You know, like we we, we try to do this just for all of you. And um, thank you so much. And for all of you that love my character or love to hate my character, I'm doing everything I can to keep you happy. And I don't control how I'm written. I can only control how I perform it. And if I'm doing a good job and you guys enjoy it, I'm doing my job properly. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm happy that anybody would even want to speak to me. So I'm humbled even by this interview. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And what goes through your mind when you hear 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23 being nominated as the number one soap opera? Because there are other, there's Young and the Restless, there's Bold and the Beautiful, and there's Days of Our Lives. I just think that, you know, Frank and the powers that be that are running the show, uh, they obviously know what they're doing. And it's, uh, it's, you know what? It's amazing to be part of that legacy. You know, I'm just, I, I love that they keep bringing it home and uh, the audiences like it. And, you know, that, that if we just keep winning, like we're the best soap opera, I mean, that's amazing. And to be able to say that I'm an alum of that now, that's, that's just, wow. You know, that's, it's still surreal to me that I'm still here, you know, and I'm very thankful. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And they may, maybe they can use you on another soap opera in the future. I could see you being on another soap opera in the future. Would you be open to that or no? Oh, yeah. The thing is, like, with me, I, I, I just like to be on set. I love being on set. I'm never tired on set. Every day is a good day. You know, it's, it's, I love being on set. I can't explain it. It's the greatest job in the world. You know, it's, um, there's so many moving parts. And it's so much fun. And it always has been. That's the one thing that I never lost. I may have walked away from this job multiple times, but I always missed it. Because I've done many things for for a living, but none of them made me happy just to go to work. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, I being on set is always good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, general hospitals, it's, it's fun watching how it's done. I mean, it's a hustle. They're fast. And there's so much going on. And I mean, it's it's the epitome of movie magic. I mean, it's... The amount of sets and stages and jumping around and characters juggling and the fact that rewrites happen and we have to go with the flow of it and on the fly and we only have one take. You know, we got to get it done like now. It's it's a lot of pressure and a lot of fun. It's never boring. And listeners, it's his favorite too. Being on that set, it does something to him. It's his favorite, as you had mentioned, right? Yes, yes it is. It is. You know why? Uh, other sets, I don't know. They just feel, you get tired, you know, on day 30, but there's something adorable about General Hospital. Like when you get there and you walk into the building and you see security, right on the right at the door, like on printed pieces of paper, it's got the Emmy nominees. Like you're like you're in high school, you know what I mean? Like, like the theater 
it, it, it like it like a theater class in high school but yet we are a machine that makes a tv show it's very relaxed everybody's just super sweet the entire crew is amazing you know all the directors are great the grips electric the makeup department all of the actors that i've dealt with met and worked with have all been really really a charm you know uh where i've had not the same experiences on movies when we're on location but What's I guess maybe it's part of the fact that when we wrap it up, we can go home. It's like clocking in to the greatest job. So it's been, of all the sets I've ever been on, it has been my genuine favorite. Okay, all right. Did you want to throw out your social media platforms? Um, yeah, if you guys want to follow me, you can. Uh, I'm not a big social media person. I, I only post pictures of things I like to look at. I'm, I'm not a social media guy, but uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Nathaniel um, underscore Gray. N-A-T-H-A-N-Y-A-E-L underscore G-R-E-Y. And you'll see my bald head. They made me shave my head for General Hospital. The one thing I do hope <laughs> is they will let me grow my hair back. <laughs> but you look That's really handsome. You look very handsome, though. You look very handsome, bald-headed. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. No, I, I uh, booked a movie that during COVID, and uh, they paid me to shave my head. But then the money fell out because we got canceled because of COVID twice. And I booked General Hospital and Law and Order bald. So now I'm stuck bald. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just stuck with it. But the great thing is I can I, I never have to fuss with my hair. I just have to shave it every other day. Keep it clean. <laughs> and they but can I look up <laughs> and they can look out for you on General Hospital and Law and Order. When does that episode look to air? Oh. Oh, that Law and Order has already aired. Oh, it's already been aired. Uh, yeah, I shot that a year ago. That's okay. what I said. Like, I booked that, and uh, it was just one episode. I got arrested by Dennis Leary. That was fun. I, Dennis Leary is a blast. Uh, but then, you know, I've been on GH ever since, and so it's been a year now. I'm up to, like, episode 27. Wow. Okay. You know, so, uh, yeah. Um, All right. So, still aerodynamic. <laughs> but, uh, I met yeah. listeners. He plays Mason, the cousin of, who's your cousin again? Austin Gatlin yes Austin is trouble though listeners if you watch the show he's trouble <laughs> Roger's great he plays that role so well he's so good he's so good <laughs> well listen thank you so much for letting me get to know you thank you so much for asking to even speak to me I'm humbled by it thank you so much all right, all right. For Met Radio 1280 AM, I am Jonathan LaCroxy. I would love to thank actor and producer. You can throw out your name again from General Hospital, who plays the very sexy Mason. Nathaniel Gray. Thank you so much, and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye-bye.